Welcome back, everybody, to Boys Lunch. This is Joey and Paul coming back at you after our first day back uh, from remote learning. We're back in person. Kids are back. Good to have them. Yeah, it's been uh, around the area. The numbers have been down. Uh, and it's kind of safe enough for us to be back in person. So we did two months remote, and today was the first time with the kids back in the building, so it felt good to have life again. And, uh, yeah, I think we, we got a lot of energy right now. Yeah, I got to say, uh, like I said, need that affirmation. So it was good to have uh, people actually looking at me, laughing in person. Um, I will say some tired eyes out there. I think kids were still keeping that 4 a.m. bedtime routine and then uh, kind of had some early early risers today. Yeah, not going to work very well. And as great teachers, we just locked into the door to get in because the bell just rang to end the day to keep any kids out. Because we care so much about that. <laughs> we do. <laughs> we love the so kids. So if you hear some screaming in the background, that's because – them high schoolers are still roaming the halls. I know we've been recording kind of on Mondays, so I feel like we have to talk about the Bears really quick. Just an RIP to the season. Um, they put their best effort out there, but uh, it was it hurt even though I know they were already going to lose. Was there a single moment where you, you were just like – It was a drop pass yeah, in the first quarter. Same here. It's one of those things where you know they can't get past that. And just – yeah, the game's completely different. 7-7 seven, seven versus – Ah, yeah, I just, are you are you a Marvel guy ever? Have you watched the Marvel movies? Uh, yeah, actually, my wife and I have seen them all. That's what we did during lockdown. Are you serious? Yeah, okay. <laughs> so when Thanos finally gets like the Infinity Stones, and you see them like spoiler alert. It, oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> There's spoilers ahead. Uh, when you see them like on that one random planet trying to fight oh, him, you're like, that's cute. Like when yeah. Spider Man and you know like uh, Andy Dwyer from Parks and Rec is there, like they're fighting, and it's like cute, but you know they're not gonna win. Yeah. Like that's what it kind of felt like, Mitch. Like it's cute, Mitch, that you're trying right now, but there's no, there's no way. No. I have a question for you though, because I was thinking about this. What would be your biggest like sports dream come true? Because you're a huge hockey fan, so you mm-hmm. already got that. Like when the Blackhawks won, was it three times the last decade? Yeah. Like that was probably. Would you say that would have been it if it didn't happen? Yeah, absolutely. Especially because the Blackhawks were so bad, especially under the old ownership. Um, I mean, they didn't even televise all their games. I mean, it was just, and they were just. But it's also hockey. So. All right. <laughs> ESPN dropped hockey. It went onto a station called Versus. Nobody had it. Yeah. Uh, but now that the Blackhawks have won, what would be like your a sports dream come true? Oh man. Yeah, the Cubs had also just won in the yeah. last ten years too. So we, I'm trying to think like we've had next? some good things. So I, I, for me, I was like bouncing between the Bears, like me seeing a Super Bowl win, mm-hmm. and then Illinois basketball winning the tournament. Like those, I think would be my two. Oh, okay. Um, I'd like to see the Illinois State University make the tournament. Um, roll birds. Roll birds. But I think it's Illinois basketball. I think because there's so many more teams, it would be cool because I like them. Like mm-hmm. this underdog story coming through and winning. Like the Bears, I think I'm just like I'm okay with what they are. Yeah. I've come to a point where I don't even care if they win the Super Bowl because they're. I won't say they're dead to me, but like they've hurt me so much in my life. <laughs> I think I think I, I would rather have Illinois win because I don't I don't even I don't think the Bears deserve to win the Super Bowl. I mean, when Devin Hester ran back that uh, stop opening it, kick, stop oh, it! I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> you, uh, for yeah. some of our listeners, they probably don't remember that. Yeah, no, that was uh, what a start to the Super Bowl against the Colts, right? Yeah, yeah. So it would have been like 2007, yeah. January. Yeah. Devin Hester runs that backboard up 7-0. That Bears defense. But then you just Rex see an actual quarterback yeah, yeah. pick our defensive part, like what happens every week. Um, 
I think for me it would be a Bears Super Bowl would be great. Probably the Spurs, right? Yeah, I think, and I don't know. Not the San Antonio Spurs. Not the San Antonio Spurs. I love English soccer. I love Tottenham Hotspur. I think not so much them winning the league, though that would be phenomenal. I think it would actually go into a game, getting the chance to oh. see them. Not All right. not in Chicago, yeah. like you're winning, Brunin. But, uh, <laughs> but like actually at a stadium. Um, I think that would be to have the opportunity, um, especially yeah. now that like COVID is like now it's like people aren't even. My parents actually had planned to try to go to a game before all of this happened. Um, like that's that's something I think I would I would love to. That would be my sports dream come true. But as yeah. far as like a victory, I, yeah, I think it's the Bears. The Bears. Oh. The other thing I was thinking about this week, we were driving around with my family, so my wife, my two kids, and the song "Boom Boom Pal" by Black Eyed Peas came on. Oh, wow! And my kids were just getting down like they were dancing and in my head there was like a lot of thoughts going on one of them was a conversation that i had in one of my classes shout out to connell connell was just like sitting there he's like it's so cool like that you get to teach your kids things like he, it just blew his mind like the music you like like you get to teach your kids this music and in my head i'm like it's my job to teach my kid who the black eyed peas are <laughs> like he doesn't even know like that was that thing and that fergie said that we are 2000 and late like he doesn't get that okay like it's, it's just so weird that i i'm the one that has to teach them about the black eyed peas but it got me into this whole thing of thinking about music a podcast i listened to i think you listen to as well catholic stuff you should know mm-hmm. they just talked about they were asking each other the first cds that they remember buying i thought that'd be kind of a funny to hear if you remember what was like the first cd you remember buying or like having and listening to oh i listened to that one uh the first the first actual music type thing that I bought this was actually a tape. It was Megadeth, a Megadeth album. Oh, believe it or edgy. Not. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, it was the first actual CD I bought. You know, it's probably embarrassing. I, the first album I can think of is actually Nirvana. Nirvana's. Um, you the, sound so cool. I know <laughs> it's with the uh, the baby in the pool. Yeah. Um, I, forgetting the name of the album, but I'm willing to bet the first actual purchase was probably a now music or whatever. Yeah. They are. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. It's like, uh, going to like Hastings or something. Yeah, absolutely. Or like it's Sam like, Goody. It's all my music on one CD. Yeah. It's like now 45 or whatever it was. Yeah. It's like, wow. Or now, now, now they're like on like the eighties or nineties now. I think. Um, but that was probably the first. Where I, was just like, I was trying to think, cause I had older brothers, so they bought it. Like I remember Jeremy buying like Chumbawamba. I get knocked down, oh. but I get up again, like smash mouth. Actually, Might I, as well be li- living on the sun. Do you remember that? Yeah. Like that era. Your brother drove me to um, baseball practice my freshman year. Was he still listening to Chumbawamba? No, he was listening, <laughs> he was listening to ACDC. Um, oh, yeah. Back in Black album? Yeah. I think I may have gone and bought that. That may, nice. that may actually be even before Nirvana. That was like my dad's influence. Uh, I remember like, yeah, like you said, I think the Now CDs, because mm-hmm. you couldn't just go out and like listen to a single online. Downloading things wasn't... Yeah, like you, that was the only way you were able to listen to some of those things. I remember like wanting Nelly, uh, the song Ride With Me, like when Nelly was a thing. And my mom wasn't just going to let me go out and buy a Nelly album. Right. So like the way, you, not like get around, but like the way you could get that was by buying like the Now CDs. Yeah, that's how I think I got Outkast. Yeah, because you would have like Paula Abdul or Britney Spears. You're like, skip, skip, give me, give me <laughs> yeah. to the, the one Nelly song. Oh, wow. But I think the first one, like I remember riding my bike to Best Buy. Like by myself and buying, I don't know if you know these bands, something corporate and the Alkaline Trio. Alkaline Trio, yeah, absolutely. 
like I would have been probably like in seventh or eighth grade, like my own money, going out on my own and like buying CDs. That's that's what I think of. And then my burn CDs, dude. I was just like yeah. simple plan. Oh wow, good Charlotte. I remember my cousin having to burn those CDs for me. Did you have? Uh, did you have one of those big binders full of CDs? Oh yeah, dude. I'm getting so excited right we now. Still, <laughs> my wife, uh, she still. We still have that in our minivan. Yes. I'm oh in yeah. Minivan now it is sweet, guys. We don't have a CD awesome. player in my minivan. Oh, we got like the last year that CD players are in there. Oh, it is. That was a midlife crisis for me. Like my wife will tell you, when I like realized that, I'm like, that was like one of the first things of me realizing I was getting old. Because we have like yeah, a huge collection. I probably have like 200 burned CDs that aren't marked that I have no idea was actually on them. And I don't know why I still have them. Do you have that like just burned CDs with nothing like written on it? Uh, like random mixes you made, but like you never yeah, actually like mix three. And you're like, I don't know. What yeah, yeah. Like, I gotta put this in <laughs> exactly. To figure it out. This is probably for like the four listeners out there who are around our age. Are you uh, speaking of Black Eyed Peas? Uh, boom, boom, pow, baby. My, my kids, big fans of the Madagascar movies. Turns out. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. I like to move it, move it. Yeah, I like to move it. Will I am? Will I am? My daughter, my youngest, is I, and I think, I think she's the one that asked for it. It's like, I want to watch the move it, move it. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking <laughs> what about. You talking I think about? she had seen a trailer. <laughs> yeah. Like we were cycling through trying to find something to watch, and that's what it showed. I, the, the move and move it. Yeah. I'm like, you mean uh, Will I Am? You mean Will <laughs> I Am? What's a respect on his name? Uh, but I will tell you that uh, Mary and I, probably ashamed to admit it, laughing so hard. I don't know what it was. It's just slapstick. Like, at Madagascar. At Madagascar. Wow. I love the penguins. She's a big fan of the. Is it Chris Rock is one of the yeah, voices, Chris, right? Yeah, he's the yeah. zebra. Yeah. It's got them all. Uh, <laughs> what a, what, all, what a all great. Dude, it has them all. It has everyone. Anyway, those are just the good nostalgia things. So uh, maybe uh, that'll encourage you to think about the first uh, music you purchased. But it's our responsibility to teach our kids good music. Yeah, I we know. need to take that seriously. Yeah, we gotta. We gotta. We gotta fix some things. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna have to steer them away. We're from really them. heavy on the black eyed peas. Yeah, no offense to the to the black eyed peas and Fergie and Will I Am, but uh, need to find some others. Our topic for today, we've been kind of uh, dancing around for a while, just because it's more of like a serious topic. And uh, we always had like just random things that would come up like, oh, that'd be fun to talk about this instead. So it's one that I've been kind of interested in and, and thinking about for a while. This is going to be a nice transition from uh, Fergie to uh, the death sentence. Uh, but <laughs> something that was big in my life the past year, I got called for jury duty uh, last November. And it was for a case that was like pretty intense. And it was like hard for me to sit through and work through myself, just being on it. Uh, it was had to do with uh, basically a murder that had happened in our town and it was through child abuse, which is like very close to home, especially like when you have a kid, that's very hard to watch and live through a lot of that stuff. And for that person to be in the courtroom itself and for me to see her and hear about all these things and see these pictures, it's very hard for me to work through and got really invested in it. It was something where as the year went on, because we found her guilty and we were waiting for a sentence and that didn't come for a year. And the sentence finally came and I actually went to the sentence because I just needed some closure about it. And she was sentenced with natural life in prison. I just remember sitting in the courtroom and kind of being torn between two things. One was just this part of me that wanted to see what I felt maybe justice was. Like, like there was a joy in seeing her get what I thought was her what was due to her. Like, I want to see you in prison the rest of your life. I don't want any second chances. You blew it. You did something horrendous and terrible. And 
bye-bye kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then there's the other side of me of like, was that a very Christian attitude to wish that upon her? So kind of the topic that I wanted to get to, and it took me a little bit to get there, but I wanted to set up the background was this idea of especially capital punishment, uh, prison of what is that right justice? Like what, what should we wish upon people, especially more from like, I guess the Christian point of view. I think that's something that a lot of people wrestle with, um, especially when it, justice isn't, you know, perhaps doled out as, as one thinks. I mean, you could think of any time where maybe it's even a classmate or a friend that does something and like, you know, they don't get their comeuppance or whatever. Um, what you just say? Their comeuppance. Comeuppance. <laughs> Never heard that Never one. Never heard that one before. Yeah. When your friends don't get to comeuppance. <laughs> that's good. That's- just as a good thing. It's something that um, we desire not only for the other, but for ourselves too. Like taking responsibility for our action. Yeah. Right. That's just something that. Um, as Christians, it should be not only do we believe that ultimately everyone, everything will be just, right? Even though maybe it doesn't make sense, mm-hmm. everybody will get their just due. Um, so I, it's a tough balance because, yeah, you want people to be merciful to you yeah. when you make the mistake, but yet I think there's a desire for the other. It's like, no, I want to see it. I want to see it. Yeah. I see it be real. Yeah. And not the justice outweighs that mercy sometimes right, exactly. when it's other people. So I, I, I think that's exactly right. It's the justice versus mercy. How does that look um, for God? It's, you know, it's perfect, right? He is going to, we're going to get exactly what we deserve and we, and he's ultimately going to be merciful. Right. Right. Um, while for us, like it's not perfect. And that's something that you get, we wrestle with, I think constantly. It, it, I don't know. I, I, Cause I brought it up to one of my classes cause we were reading a book about a priest who was in solitary confinement. It's called, he leadeth me. If you want to check it out. Father Walter Chizek in Russia, the Soviet Union, whatever. And we were talking about, like, what do you guys think about solitary confinement? What do you think about life in prison? What do you think about the prison system? What is the what is the whole goal of that, I guess, rehabilitation, or is it just punishment? And we look at something like capital punishment, it's being discussed a lot in the church, but like in our in our society, it is a topic. Like, is our prison system set up to actually help people better their lives? Should it be set up to more punish? I don't know. Like that's, that's a lot of my own thoughts, but they, the kids all had a lot of great thoughts, but a lot of them, when it came to, do you think anyone deserves capital punishment to be put to death for their actions? And most of them, these are uh, seniors in high school were like, yeah, I think there are people that should be put to death for what they did. And a lot of them were even just like, there's probably nothing you can tell me that's going to change my mind on it. Cause I can think of things that people would do and I would never want to forgive them and they should be put to death. And I was like, wow. Because for me, I'm like, I don't know, like, is that really a good mindset to have? Should you wish death on another person? There's a whole idea of Christianity to offer a second chance. Yeah, because I think rehabilitation. Yeah, I I don't, I don't think anyone's beyond redemption, right? That's what I was trying to say, but I think some of them are like, no, like they are beyond redemption. Look, and I talked to you, and it's the trial, and it had a real impact on you. You can see that. I think we got together with Kevin and watched the Bears game, but. Um, while you couldn't share a lot of details, like, oh, I was sad. <laughs> there was just like, that was the Bears game was the furthest from your mind because you were right in the middle of that trial. And that was like, a, I mean, just a heart, especially as a father. Um, and yeah, I mean, you could see a genuine desire to, for her to be held accountable yeah. for these actions, a heinous crime, right? I mean, it was all over the newspaper what had happened. And um, even the judge, when he gave his sentence, said, I understand the, the parts that you're trying to bring up to redeem your character. I understand there's probably some good in you. But at the same time, he, when he gave his sentence for natural life in prison, he said, 
I can't let other people in our society know that these actions are good enough to replicate. And I need to be able to punish you in a way that is telling other people that this is not going to be accepted in our society. It is natural life in prison. Like that say, like I, when I heard that, I was like, wow, judge is dropping some bows right now. But at the same time, like is natural life in prison something that like, because that's giving them no option for parole or any type of change of heart. Is that really like okay for us to, to hold in our minds to give someone no change of heart? But, and maybe that's, why that is seen as kind of a balance. So it's not the death penalty. Right, it's like life right. is ended, you know, and there is no, I mean, yeah, you are in prison for the rest of your natural life, but I guess there is still room. And I think that's the point of the prison system is a, an ability to reform yeah. for one to change, to accept, yeah. to serve. Cause I think that's part of justice is getting what one deserves. Right. It doesn't mean that you're beyond saving. Um, and you can have your come to Jesus moment. or Cause you're still living out your life as a human. Right. You're still you able still to have it. opportunity to give of yourself, to sacrifice, to repent and all these sorts of things. Yes. Is your uh, world much smaller now, you know, inside of these walls, but it's still like, if we're to hold that life is so sacred, yeah. um, there's still very much something there. Yes. Very limited. Um, but I, and I think that's where solitary confinement, where there's one is not given the opportunity right. to be in relation with other people, to live out that life in a way that is, um, that has the dignity that it's due. That's why there's been such a pushback in that because it's, yeah. not only is it rot the mind, but it doesn't. It's not a life that uh, should be afforded to people. Yeah, most, that's crazy. The most heinous. And, and to put out that we are not experts on the prison system. These are right. just two guys, and we're not trying to teach heresy. We're just trying to figure out a lot of this stuff in a normal conversation. Right. Like this is, I, um, you have a solitary environment. Like we went through a lot of that. Like is that? That's just crazy when you watch the documentaries on that stuff and you think about that. The death penalty, I think it's easier for me to see, like, I don't know if there's really an action that would justify in our current system where you are not able to protect the rest of the society where right. it is, you have to perform that action. Like, I feel like we have a good enough prison system where we can keep things secure. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if there really is someone who has passed any type of redemption. I don't know if that's a really Christian attitude. But yeah, I think when you said like more natural life in prison, like you're, you are cutting off someone. So yeah, I think that's a good distinction. Because I, and I think you're right, at least when we're speaking specifically within the United States. Yeah. Now, is it underfunded? Are there problems within the, the uh, prison system now? Absolutely. Could So I think it could be better Yeah, if, right. if we're going to have people in prison for life. I think that things could be more rights, more um, money could be spent on that front. And, you know, in a way that's going to rehabilitate right. them, not just, yeah. Because um, I know there's overcrowding. I know there's problems. And I know they're underfunded. So that's a topic for another thing. But... I think within specifically the United States, and that's why I think Pope Francis has moved towards like, is there, because we can reasonably keep the population at large safe from those people who have committed such heinous crimes, mm -hmm. is then the death penalty really a reasonable option? Yeah. There could be arguments made for other countries, but specifically within the United States, right. I think the prison system, you're not hearing uh, about those classic prison breaks, you know, or even right. something that happens where it's like, Shawshank, you know, heck of a movie. <laughs> heck of a movie. That's six hours of my life. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I know there, there could be people that disagree with us. I know there's a lot of conversation. If you're more in tune with more of the Catholic kind of debates right now, there's a lot going on with that. But um, yeah, it's just kind of hard for me to really grapple with that or understand why I would want someone to, to die. Now, the other part of this, I think when I was talking to you was more of it's so easy in theory to think that. But what I was wrestling with was in practice when I actually saw the person in the same room as me. It was so much harder to be like, no, I, I wish her rehabilitation. No, in that moment, there was 
my weakness said, no, like I want her to suffer almost. Uh, and there's like this, this chapter in C.S. Lewis's book, Mere Christianity, which we both taught about forgiveness. And that's what I was kind of thinking. And, and he starts it off basically saying forgiveness is really great until you have to forgive someone. Yeah. It's a great theory until someone actually hurts you and you have to forgive them. Loving your enemy is a great teaching that you can tell people until you actually have someone in your life that's hurt you and you have to love them anyway. Or they're a turd to you and you have to love them. Like a lot of these Christian things are really great and easy in theory, but very hard to practice sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, that can be a challenge for a lot of people. Yeah, no, certainly that's absolutely right. I mean, I can think of how much or how often I stand up in front of a class and I teach these principles on Christian love and and brotherhood and all those sorts of things. Um, but yeah, yeah, when it comes to it, and, and Mary does a great job reminding us, like, are you being merciful? Like, and are you, you know, being understanding, being patient with them as you would expect them to be patient with you? And I, I think that's true. I mean, that's, I can only imagine what it's like to sit in that courtroom and to, to look at, uh, look across and see the, especially the evidence that was presented to you and not watch just the absolute, you know. All right. Because I was sitting with the, the family in the, the family of the, the girl who passed away and they were all, they were thrilled. And I was like, there with them and i'm like yeah like we should but I, it was just it was eating me up inside because i was so happy with the result and the outcome that she actually got what i felt like was justice but at the same time I'm like ah there's there was just something in my conscience i think that was biting at me um that was tough is this the right response and i and i think there needs to be an understanding that forgiveness of someone it doesn't mean the pain goes away or mercy right yeah. someone has admitted fault and they ask for your mercy it doesn't mean that there hasn't been lingering and that's why they they serve their, their yeah. sentence you know you can show mercy or have forgiveness for someone but that doesn't mean to that you haven't been hurt and that he yeah. doesn't teach place. now you don't want to hold on to resentment because then they have power over you right you're trying mm -hmm. you are essentially to afford them that forgiveness is to to say that like i don't resent you i understand what has happened it's yeah. still very much there's pain here that must be dealt with and it's you know take years years and maybe never you know but you seek aid in that pain that's been caused um and they take responsibility for their actions but um yeah i think people think that it's just like okay like you did that you're forgiven yeah, yeah, back yeah, to normal. No. It's like no no there's been real pain and, and suffering that's been yeah. caused um but it's essentially I like to think of it as kind of a releasing of resentment. Like, I'm not going to hold this against you and let you dictate my life by hating you every single day. Yeah, but seriously. You've taken your, the responsibility for your actions. I'm going, to, I'm going to acknowledge that, show you mercy, let that go. Of course, that's tough. The healing that needs to still take place. Cause... It's like the, the, yeah, loving someone doesn't necessarily mean you like them. <laughs> yeah. Like, loving your enemies doesn't mean you want to, like, hang out with them all the time. Right. But you still have to, like, it's, yeah, not have that resentment. Or, or just like in friendships and stuff like when someone lets go of your or uh, breaks your trust, you can forgive them, but that doesn't mean they still don't have to put forth the work right. to heal that relationship mm -hmm. type of thing. Um, so essentially you forgiving them is just allowing them to move forward and to, to regain that trust. Not just be like, okay, everything's back to normal. Now I'll trust you again. Well, there's got to be. Yeah. There's work on both sides. So I think that's what the, the, the rehabilitation and prisons like they're doing work on their end and you're allowing them to continue to live that life you're doing the healing on your end but you're allowing both to go on yeah and i think just in general i guess why we want to kind of bring up the topic is even just to to get us all to think about these kind of things mm -hmm. i feel like as christians like you you see in in some of the teachings and the, the corporal works of mercy and stuff like that spiritual works of mercy to pray for like the prisoner and visit the imprisoned but i feel like it's like just a forgotten thing in our culture right so maybe like even just 
revisit and think about this stuff. Like you said, there's a whole other topic that we could talk about when we talk about our prison system and how it's managed and where everything's going. But like maybe for us to put some more effort and thought into that whole kind of way of life and what's going on, um, to think through different things on your own um, about the teachings of, of capital punishment, of solitary confinement, life in prison, our prison system in general for any type of crime. I don't know. And, uh, and I think that's a great point. And to see, uh, try to see as Christ sees uh, these individuals, especially, um, I think the example we talk about in class often is those people, beggars or people who are homeless, the desire, and I know you and I have talked about this, to assume the worst, to assume that they're trying to take advantage of the system or they're not really this or that, or um, they're just going to use the money for, you know, bad things or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like to try to practice, and again, this is a topic for another time, to implement these beatitudes, implement these works of mercy where you see the individual not as a charity case um, or to assume the worst or to assume that they brought this upon themselves, but to genuinely see with the eyes of God, to see as Christ sees them. And that is, that is where, that's where it gets difficult. Yeah. That's where it gets difficult. And same, and that brings it back to the, you sit in that courtroom, like two very different things to, to seek, of course, justice, but then to see them with the eyes of Christ and know that redemption is possible, whether it be in prison or not. You know? Yeah. But if you're never challenged to take that, that tougher path, then you're not really finding that um, fulfillment, I guess, in life. So it yeah. is good to be, to have that other part of you that is challenging. Like, no, don't just settle with this. You're called to something more. Yeah even if it is difficult. So yeah, maybe just uh, think about some of those things for yourselves. Like I said, we don't really, uh, we're not experts on this stuff, but it was just something I thought was kind of interesting to think about um, and discuss. Yeah, definitely something I don't challenge myself enough to, to really put those into practice you know, or give myself the opportunity to really do those works of mercy. If you have an extra dollar or two, maybe go check out, uh, now that's what I call music, volume seven. You can find uh, Nelly ride with me on that. Um, please use the edited version. <laughs> Any shout-outs? Uh, yeah, for those still hanging on, still listening, I appreciate you. Uh, rate, review, um, and uh, yeah. Yeah, thank you, thank you for anyone who, who is still listening to us. Uh, still waiting to see the, the Bears get a franchise quarterback. Maybe say some prayers for that tonight. Uh, anyway. All right, for the kingdom.